Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to... Good Talks! I'm Marie Murataya. And I'm Mark Little. Ha. Uh, so today, I know that Marie mm-hmm. has uh, some very fun information. So you were at a conference the past over the past weekend is that right yes tell me about that friday saturday sunday i was at a conference uh for speech pathology put on by the hannon center what is that that is let me just uh, preface by saying it is center in the word in in the title is spelled c-e-n-t-r-e does that give you any hints about where they're from england Close Canada. Oh, um, they're a Canadian company that works um, <clears throat> to help families and individuals of um, who are early language, early language, yeah, early language. Hold on, my thoughts are getting all jumbled because I'm trying to say too much too fast. <laughs> so, Hannon, the Hannon Center is a program for. Early language intervention. So for um, little ones, like age zero to like five. Yeah. Um, and they have they have a variety of programs. I think that they have programs for older children. I've just mainly worked with them uh, for the little guys. And they're, um, they have some really great programs that focus on parent training and working with parents to... So that's what you were doing? Help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that all you wanted to know? I was just asking what you were doing. This is the company, so I'm just trying to give them a little shout out and like background. So, anyways, I was. Um, Brief pause. Yes. Uh, this episode is not brought to you by the Hannon <laughs> Company. This episode is brought to you by the good folks at Bean Chata. Bean Chata, when Horchata just won't do. Please drink responsibly. Okay, go ahead. Um, anyways, so I was at a conference called "It Takes Two to Talk," and mm-hmm. it was a three-day. Uh, total 22 hour training um, for me to become certified to be a parent trainer essentially for their program. So now I am officially Hannon certified to train parents for the It Takes Two to Talk program. To train parents to do what? To train parents on um, how to help their children. So it's for children with um, speech and language uh, delays Uh to help them work at home to target the children's speech and language goals. Oh, okay. So just to help with progress in the child's natural env- environment, basically. So could any uh, parent-child combination benefit from this, or is this mainly geared towards uh, parents of children who uh, are struggling to communicate? I mean, it's it's mainly geared for those that are struggling to communicate. Okay. But that being said, if... Like for me personally, when I have kids, my like younger kids would benefit because I know some of the strategies that can be used just for language acquisition, okay. if that makes sense. So it could it could benefit any um, child like who's just a little an infant or a toddler. Just learning to communicate. Yeah, I don't know why I can't communicate today. But yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> if someone knew these techniques or whatever, um, say as a parent then it would make their time teaching their kid to learn to speak easier? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like what's a, a nutshell. What's a what is a 
one that stuck in your head, a technique? Well, one that I've known and, and it's, I have to preface this by saying these are very like, you think you, you hear them and you're like, oh yeah, I do that. I do that. Like they're very second nature, yeah. to, especially probably to a lot of parents of young kids now. But, um, I, one that I first learned, I love it. It's called the owl str- mm-hmm. strategy and it's just, it stands for observe, wait and listen. And I think that that's just a strategy. It's, and of course I go, oh yeah, that sounds like something we do in improv. Like, you know, the listen and we, we watch and we wait and whatever. Anyways. So the idea is when you're working with your child, instead of jumping in too hastily, when like you're trying to see if they're communicating with you, um, you you observe them and you see what's going on in the environment around them. Maybe you can figure out what they want to do or what they like to do. Um, you wait for them. So you give them opportunities to communicate with you yeah. rather than put too much focus on you saying something and trying and trying and trying to get them to say something back to you. Oh, okay. And then you listen to what they are telling you and, by listen, I think there's more to it than that because they're not always going to be vocal um, or verbal speakers. Some of these little guys, especially some that I work with. Yeah. So when you're listening, you're just you're basically interpreting what they're doing as making communicative attempts. Like if I have a little guy that's pushing me away, <laughs> I'm interpreting you don't want me here right now. Yeah. You know, that kind of a thing. So that's a strategy. And I think that that's just something that kind of is to me it's just become a second nature thing but it's something that you're like oh that makes sense yeah observe wait and listen yeah now now uh in you saying that i'm i was thinking about uh you know part of uh teaching kids languages uh i i assume is kind of like a a risk or not risk reward but a a reward system right so sure so the kid says apple you're like yeah you want the apple you give him the apple Right. Right. So I was thinking, so what if uh, there's a young kid and he's pointing at an apple and he's saying, Emma, and you say, uh-uh, you don't give oh, him that. Don't even tell me that. Isn't that nice? I mean, because oh. right, if you give him, if you give him apple, <laughs> when he says, Anna, he has no, he has no more uh, motivation to get better. Sh- sh- he, uh, sure he or she i see what you're saying he or she <laughs> stop. right so okay i'm gonna stop you Brief so pause. so when children <laughs> are butchering the language oh Mark we should Little. right we should not reward them uh if someone calls if you want to be called dad and your baby's calling you dada no 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 i ignore the child completely completely and utterly shun the child until dad can come out of the mouth. You, under, you see what I'm saying? Do you like pushing my buttons? That sounds, uh, to me, these all sound like reasonable speech so, techniques. let me tell you, I should have, instead of owl, I should have given you my, my absolute favorite one. Uh-huh, what's that? It's called follow your child's lead. Hmm. And um, the idea is you, you make the process of when you're working with them, like, let's say the, you're at, your child's favorite time is bath time. The kid's favorite time is to be in the bath, splashing water, whatever. Yeah. If they're following the child's lead is figuring out where, what's going to be the most fun for them and letting them kind of show you and interact with you at their level versus like if they're saying bubba and they want bubbles. They're not getting it. No, that the whole point is it's not a, 
it's not a response. I'm trying to remember. It's okay. There's response and stimulus. So uh-huh. when you're working with like behavior therapy, uh-huh. there's it's like you first you get the response from the child and then you give them the stimulus. Right? Is that what I'm thinking, or is it stimulus response? They're flipped right now. They're flipped in my brain. I can't remember. But one of them is response stimulus, and one of them is stimulus response. Mm-hmm. Mine is not very behavior therapy, or what I like is not very behavior therapy. When you follow the child's lead, it's more. It's just that. Instead of you being the one that you're forcing the child to respond to, you're responding to their environment, to what they're, how they're, how they're doing things. So if they're saying right. "bubba," and you're like, "Oh, you like the bubbles?" Exactly. Yeah, Look no, at you. Yeah, I, I get it. No, I know you get it. I'm just trying to clarify before you butcher everything that I like. No, I'm, I wasn't butchering it. I was just saying, <laughs> I just had that thought. I was like, I oh know. man, wouldn't that, that be, was... wouldn't that be a nice strict militaristic way no, to train a child to uh, speak question. or not speak? No, it was a good question because it helped me clarify what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, you know, and there are, and I think that that's a big reason why I'm excited about this is because I I find that with some of the parents that I've worked with um, so far and nothing against them, but it's been a lot of trying to help them understand that your child's not ready to be using daddy right now. They're right. still at dada and that's okay because they're, they're becoming functional communicators and that's, that's where we're at. Um, so anyways, so based on, based on all of that, I'm a very big fan of the training I went to. Nice. Um, I'm very grateful for, uh, my school district for sending me cause it's, it's kind of exciting that I get to do, I get to be a part of parent trainings now. And that gets to be something that, um, I can learn from in the future. No, that's awesome. Anytime you have a, a chance to, uh, expand your knowledge about stuff you find interesting i mean that's fantastic right. especially um in this where you get certified to now be able to teach other people how to do it that's even that's even cooler because yeah. it's not like you just went and you're like oh yeah i think i know how to do this i mean they're mm-hmm. literally like she's certified we'll go ahead and right. uh, go ahead you teach people now right yeah yeah i'm all about empowering the people that especially for my job i'm i'm parents are with the kids more they know the kids better they should be they should know some strategies and feel confident in applying those you know and i love the idea that i will be able to kind of hold these trainings and they become a support system for parents because they're with other parents with child with children with special needs and so it's going to be something that i'm uh going to be really fortunate to do. I'm already very fortunate to have gone to the training. And there's, it was awesome because I was sitting there, there were only 14 people in the training mm-hmm. as opposed to the other one that I've gone to, not for Hannah and for just another conference that was like over a hundred. Like, yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, so this is really cool because it was three days with the same 14 of us that, you know, we all come from different backgrounds in the field, but we're all working with little children right now. And that's, that's just where we all happened to be and you know there were different we um me and my colleagues from Etiwanda were the only ones from a school district mm-hmm. the rest were from private practices which was really interesting to get to network network and like get to know what their side of the job looks like yeah um and it was just cool to be in a room full of other professionals and have some really good conversations and realize like like again it's that whole idea of i know i wasn't the smartest person in that room and I got to learn from people that are smarter than me, but then yeah. I got to present things and was supported when I talked about things that I was doing and I felt validated in my therapy approaches. Um, Do you so think you really were smarter cool. than anyone in the room? Yeah. 
Wow, dang. <laughs> nice. Uh, you know, uh, that's all I'm going to say. That's a that. sweet spot right there. There you go. <laughs> you know? No. and Well, and the thing is, there were moments when I felt like, oh, yeah. I can handle that. Like, what kind of a question is that? Right. But then on other topics, I was the one that was like, what? Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that funny? Yeah. You're in a room of people who essentially do the same thing. And yeah. some people are like, oh, are, oh, you're asking that? Dumbass. And exactly. Then, and then other people like asking questions. You're like, oh, uh, 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 yeah, answer that. I don't that. even understand the that. question. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it is interesting. So uh, what, did, what was the thing... You're talking about the different types oh, of learning. Different or types like, of learning. What are you talking oh, about? this is what's interesting. Okay, so I know the whole speech therapy world, it's like there are things that uh, can be, I may not explain very well because it's so specified and I'm still learning how to explain it. But this was really interesting because this is more, we had to do this pre workshop assignment about mm-hmm. the different types of learners. And the whole idea was to understand what kind of learners our parents would be in, when we were leading the workshops. Like the parents you're working with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not my own parents, uh-huh. although it's really cool because now I kind of know that too. Um, okay. So there are, the way they presented it to us was like there's four different types of learners. There's people that learn things concretely, abstractly, actively, and reflectively. Um, And then within those groups, there are dynamic learners, imaginative learners, common sense learners, and analytic learners. And just with all that information, I would not know what I am. Yeah. So it's fun no. to get to like look at different um, scenarios and figure out where I stood. And I was sitting there during the conference like, oh, this is me and this is Mark. But wait, this is Mark and this is me. It was like because you kind of, you know, sure. spread out with certain yeah, different things. It's a spectrum for all those things. Um, but it talks about how you perceive and how you process, which is really cool. I'm trying to find. Let's see. OK, here we go. So the concrete learner. Yeah, the concrete learner likes to learn from real or imagined situations and needs something concrete to understand information. Um, and you need the topic to be personally relevant. And then it's hard. I feel like we should be doing this on a vlog now that I think about it. Because hmm. there's like a whole visual. You see? What, is, what, what does it have there? This grid right here. That All right, graph. Let's, let's check this grid Maybe out. Maybe you can help me. Okay, so we've got the active processor. Um and the concrete perceiver and the, oh wow, what they share is uh, the dynamic learner, eh? Okay. And then uh, yeah. if, if someone is a concrete perceiver and a reflective processor, then they're an imaginative learner. Yeah, no, you definitely need to see this yeah. visually. Here, let me just go, let's just look at this one. I don't like, I don't want to look at all the concrete abstract stuff. Let's get to the good, the good part. I what like, are the goods? I like looking at it like the imaginative learner, the analytic learner, the common sense learner, and the dynamic learner. Because this mm-hmm. is where it was really fun for me to pick it apart and be like, ooh. Like, because you and I, to me, came up very different, uh-huh. which I just found so interesting because I totally agree. Um, but... You, so, you agree with the idea that you had about what kind of learners that we are? Is yes, that what you're saying? Yes. Oh, that's good. Well, I agree we're different. I've always felt like, yeah, we learn differently. Yeah, like yeah. We think about things differently, which I feel is why we have good conversations. Mm, quite possibly. Um, so the imaginative learner. Is that you or me? 
Do you want me to tell you what I thought no, first? No, I don't. Just tell me about it. The imaginative learner prefers to learn from concrete situations related to their personal experience, mm -hmm. needs to draw from their experiences to help them learn, and learns primarily by talking to and listening to others. They need to reflect on how new information fits with what they are at what they already know before they can move ahead. And their favorite question is, why is this relevant to me? Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Yeah. What's that called? The imaginative learner. Okay. And then um, the analytic learner likes to learn from books, research, and what the experts say. They seek knowledge and ideas and like to think through and reflect on the facts. Favorite questions are, what is this about? And what do the experts say? Hmm. Who do you think that is? Me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one's you? That's, those are the first, yeah, those are the two. Like, originally, I was like, I'm imaginative. Like, why is it relevant to me? That's totally my question. And then, but yeah. you're totally like, let me read, let me read this. Now, let me read this. Now, let me, let me see. Do they agree? Okay. Okay. And that one's what? There's a lot more to the process. Oh, analytic. analytic. And what's, and the other one's imaginative. See, but the, the last question, the, the why does this I know. matter to me? That one, I was like, oh, that's me. But then when I heard all the other crap, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's what I do. Yeah. So I'm definitely a bit of a combination. A little bit of both. Well, here, there's two more we haven't gone over. Oh, man. So there's common sense learners. These are practical learners. They like to get the facts, but rather than spend time mulling them over, this is not you, they want to actively apply them to the situation at hand. They like to learn through problem solving. The favorite question is, how does this work? Hmm. That one I kind of felt like could be me. Yeah. But I was like... I think I take a little bit longer to make a decision. Yeah. And I think I'm learning to be more that way. Yeah. I would say, well, like today. Yeah, exactly. Today. Um, huge shout out to myself and also my dad. Yeah. Uh, we uh, fixed an electric razor that was uh, having some malfunctions. And um, now that thing can keep on going for another uh, 10 years. It's been working for 10 years, I tell you. Just a little side note, right? Right. Funny thing. Um Literally the night before it broke. So it broke on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. um, Saturday night, I was in a conversation with someone about shaving. Oh, how funny. And like how often you talk to other people about shaving? Right. Not, not very often. And they're like, oh, yeah, what kind of razors do you use? What kind of razors do you use? Mm -hmm. Blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I never use regular razors. Those things mess me up, man. I don't like them. So I use an electric shaver all the time. And uh, yeah, next morning, that thing broke. But womp, now womp, womp. it's back in order. You got it. That's because we took it apart and found out what needed to happen. All right, please you continue. You are common sense learner. Common sense, baby. Um, okay, and the last one is dynamic learner. <clears throat> you mainly learn through doing. You prefer dis to discover things by themselves. You are risk takers and like, oh, no, 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 sorry. They like to prefer to discover things by themselves. They are risk takers and like to learn by trial and error. And the favorite question is, what if? Mm, yeah, I, I get that. Sometimes I'm like that. I'm like that with music sometimes. Okay. And I was going to say, I'm like that at work sometimes. Yeah. What if? I'm like that in improv, I suppose. Oh, yeah. From I time to time. I think that that is, that is a big improv strategy. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting because I never used to be a risk taker. Yeah. Read that one, one more time. 
Uh, mainly learn through doing, prefer to discover things by themselves. That's not really improv. Are risk takers and like to learn by trial and error. And their favorite question is, what if? Yeah, that's interesting. That makes me think of, definitely think of music making stuff, Mm -hmm. especially with, especially with technology and stuff. Yeah. Um, because I don't know, there've been times in the past with music, I was, I was more like that. And then I made so much stuff that I hated how it sounded that I kind of stopped being like that. And, uh-huh. and I shifted to uh, one of the first two and was kind of like, all right, how are other people doing it? Yeah. And then I wanted to like figure that out. And then just recently I've been kind of integrating that one back in mm-hmm. with the other. So it's like, all right, now I know the basics. Like I know the foundational stuff. Now I can do the what if stuff. Right. Which is, I don't know, which is fun. Right. And I feel like <laughs> I cycle through these. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, there's Different some situations. things when I can learn through talking to somebody, but then, like, especially when you talk about, like, personal experience, right? You learn about somebody through talking and that kind of a thing. But, um, yeah, like, with, I remember in grad school, I didn't really learn the concepts until I was in the clinic room with a client. Oh yeah, you that know, makes sense. Yeah, and, yeah. but but then other people, other students, my peers, could learn it, could take a test on it, and that was it. That's all they needed. Whereas yeah. I needed the clinical application, which I think, luckily, made me very successful in grad school because I was able to just go in there and apply it, and then be told, "Yeah, you did it." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." Yeah, <laughs> like I learned, I figured it out on the flight. Well, like I had it in my mind. You know, you have the sure. concept, but. The concepts were always too abstract for me until I was thrown in in real life asking, well, what if I try that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, so. I, I felt that I felt the same way about that with music stuff. So I watched like an interview and someone mm-hmm. would be like, oh, I'll use this plugin to do this sure. and I'll bump up, you know, 5K, 3 dB. And you're like, yeah. okay, you're going to make the high end louder. Cool. Yeah. And then... You kind of just forget about it. It's like, ah, oh, well, it doesn't mean anything until you've done it. You <laughs> exactly. Know? And then you have that problem and you're like, oh, this doesn't sound right. You're like, oh, that's right. And you try it. And you're like, oh, that's what he meant. Right. Like, oh, yeah, that was that's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. Instead of being, what would that learner be? Like the um, the analytic learner who hears him say that. So you take his opinion and, and try it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. No. That's yeah. Good. That's it cool. Was, it was very interesting to me because I feel like, yeah, we know there's like different ways people learn, sure. but I've never had it explained to me like that. I've heard, you know, there's visual learners, right. auditory, but this is something that was like, how do you actually take in the information and relate it to yourself? And yeah, that's nice. That, that makes, um, the idea of just a visual learner an auditory learner or uh, whatever the other one would be. What is it? Like kinetic? Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> that makes all of those seem so incomplete now. Right. Like the idea that I'm just going to like sit and watch and be like, okay, got it. Right. But I mean, I guess that doesn't take into account all the other things, all the other processes that are going Mm -hmm. on inside your head at the same time. Exactly. Hmm. Very nice. Nice little nugget there from uh, the hemophiliac um, thing. Hannon. Hannon. Same. Same thing. Oh my goodness. That's excellent. That's really good. I'm going to strip my certification. No, okay. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> a, little, a little dramatic. I know. Wow. No, man. Wow. What? Nothing. Just so much drama, you know? So much drama. Are you kidding? Yeah, I am. 
I am joking. I was about to say, I'm the no drama llama over here. <clears throat> oh my gosh. That's quite a distinction. When did you get that certification? What was that class about? Uh, actually, I got that certification. Let's see, Christiane, my friend from work, gave me a mug mm-hmm. with a... Uh, it had a llama on the front, and inside it says, no drama, llama. Oh, shout out Christiane for the mug. Yes, mug gift for my birthday. I love it. I drink coffee in it almost every day. Wow. Um, and she said she gave it to me because she said, you don't put up with drama. I thought of you. I was like, yes. Like, Thank you, Christiane. <laughs> that's very lit. That's a, I think that's one of the the best reputations to have is be the, is to be the person who uh, either doesn't put up with drama or just like doesn't feel it, you know? Like it right. gets to you and you're just like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and cut that out. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting because, um, I, and I do feel like I'm that way. I'm just not interested in it. And there've been things that come up. I work in an all female environment. I oh mean, my God. it's bound to happen where something comes up and there's emotions and sensitivities and nothing against the wonderful people I work with. And I totally get it, but I'm kind of the person that when it's brought to my intention, attention, I'm empathetic, but I don't take it further. Do you I say just, I am pathetic? I say I empathize with you. Okay. Just kidding. What, what? are you asking? I thought you said I am pathetic. I said I'm empathetic. Oh, I am. I, th- I, am. I thought you were using negative self-talk. I, I apologize about that. Oh, I am. Pathetic. I hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah uh-huh, very good. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, geez. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Marsh. man. Ever at home is cracking up right now. <laughs> there. There. You had to get me to say it like five times. They are doubled over. Anyways. Uh, yeah, it was. It's it's a good. It's good. It's funny. Just kidding. I don't think they are. Because when I compared my work environments over the weekend, I was with the girls, the other speech therapists that are at other locations. Yeah. And uh, we were talking and just sharing work stories. And I, I promise it wasn't sharing anything like crazy. I just was mentioning like th- they were talking about certain dramatic situations. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, this happened. Oh, yeah, that happened. And they're like, wow, there's a lot of drama over at your school. And um, my one of my friends kind of said, she goes, well, you're the perfect person to be there because it doesn't seem like it bothers you very much. And I was like, yeah, like, what am I going to do? Go home every day and worried about that. I have too much else to worry about. If if that's the case, like I Jeez. don't know. Now I'm yeah, not worried. Is um the field of speech pathologizing uh, mainly a female field? Yes. Interesting. The, Wonder why? Because you guys are mainly just like moms, mom part two to kids. <laughs> um, For real, you're like maybe. hey hey bud, hey come play with these toys. Well, hey, what did you say? Nope, say it like this. Oh gosh, I don't I hope I don't sound like that in speech therapy. Hey, but that's just like Um I You guys are mom part two. Mom part two, huh? Am I do you do you look at me like that? You're all just surrogate mothers. You're all glorified babysitters. You guys, Mark Little just is kidding. just trying to No, uh, no, I'm not even um all that the second half of that was all just to um just, just to ruffle little... your feathers. Yeah, I know. Uh but the first part, for real though, you guys are that's kind of it is female dominated. I will say though, I mean, there you and you know, there's different what? areas of the job. So I there's the hospital side where you're working with adults. Sure. Um and or you might just be working in an adult center with adults that have um speech and language disabilities. That's true. Or um but there is a a large population that wants to go in and work with the younger kids too. And it is female dominated at this point, you know. So for instance, in your um in your graduate 
class Co- cohort yeah yeah whatever yeah your cohort why do they call it a cohort what's that mean i don't know i just know that's what we we're called oh okay oh, is it are there any there was like one guy huh two out of 25 okay I think. 25 yeah i think two out of 25 so times four that's what eight out of eight out of a hundred is it eight percent yeah interesting so 90 in your class 92 percent women yeah that's pretty high yeah interesting yeah we didn't have too much drama in grad school no because there's no reason we're too busy you're just there to learn you You know yeah um you're not bored yet that's why people get dramatic is because they get bored that's what i say because they get bored and and they think they're uh well you know they're being overworked only boring people get bored, Mark Little. <laughs> You're telling me. That's what you say. I just want to throw that out there. That is an original Mark Little, I think. Ah, no, I heard it no, from somewhere. darn it. Only boring people get bored. Well, you say it a lot to me, so. Who told me that? <laughs> oh, man. It might it might be from a movie or something. Yeah. But it's a, it's one of my favorite quotes. If I'm, I know. If, my, if anyone is ever around me like, man, I'm bored. I don't always say it to them, but sometimes I'll think like, I'll think it. Well. And if for a moment I think I'm bored. I'm like, only boring people get bored. I'm not boring. Well, it's funny. Get the out of here. Um, because that was said yesterday at I'm work. I'm bored. And I almost said it out loud. I, w- I literally did that. Uh, and then like, it was like, Classic. what? And I was like, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Liar. So, uh, yeah, if, if that happens to anybody that talks to me, it's probably because I had a really snarky Mark Little thing to say. Hey, man, if you ever say you're bored... Just recognize, just, think about it, yeah. just realize that you must be a boring person because there right. are a lot of things going on in the world. <laughs> at the very least, you could, you know, look up at the sky and imagine the shape of a cloud and, That's you know, true. and take your boredom away for a second. Like, yeah. stop being whiny. Stop being whiny, this whiny, PS- bored people. This PSA was brought to you by Binchata. The good folks at Bean Chata are wishing you a happy and wonderful day when horchata just won't do. Bean Chata, please drink responsibly. Yeah, shout out to Bean Chata. People who drink Bean Chata never get bored. Never. I never get bored. That's a fact. Um, was I going to Yeah. Yeah, so it is. It is a mainly uh, female dominated. Female dominated at our conference. It was a male speaker, go Toby. And, um, and was he a speech pathologist? He, he is a speech pathologist from oh, okay. North Carolina. He, North Carolina. I can't do his accent. You, you don't know how about I was like trying to do his accent. Oh man. Um, he has that like, it's very Forrest Gump. He, um, he was fun. He was. Hi, welcome y'all to speech pathology. No, that's Today. that creepy guy from family, family guy. guy. Today. Today. Everyone. Oh God, stop. You know, I don't like this. Would anyone like some. Put in to eat. I've got a whole bunch of baskets of cookies to share. Sounds like my family's home. Sounds like they are. Uh, now, he's from North Carolina, which, again, Forrest Gump. Think more Forrest Gump. Like is like a box of chocolates. What, what, why do you have to do the list thing? <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. Creepy list. Love. I don't know, man. It's just, okay. Don't, yeah. don't worry too much about it. it um, he, but yeah, he was, so he had 14 women <laughs> Nice <laughs> all yeah. day. And it was funny because they were totally like in like our little break sessions. He's like, I don't know what you heard about me. Well, oh no, he wasn't in oh. the movie Black Panther. No, no, no. What? Um, what the hell are you talking about? You sound like you're like from 
whatever fake country that is. Oh, wrong. Wakanda. That's that's racially insensitive. That was a Fifty Cent song. It's called oh. "I'm a motherfucking P I M P." Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, because he had he had fourteen women around him. Oh, he was I was out. not listening to you. I oh, was right. totally in my own world. I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. Um, yeah, I don't know, Toby. So he was he's male. Uh, he's a speech pathologist. I let's see. And like I said, I have my two grad cohort male speech pathologists that I know. Uh, I shadowed a speech pathologist that was a guy in undergrad. Uh, Jeez. That's all I got. Well, that's not not a lot. <laughs> that's invigorating. On that <laughs> note, on that note, I think uh, we'll wrap it up there. This has been. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Good talks. <laughs> My name is Mark Little. And I'm Marie Murataya. And of course, this episode was brought to you by the good folks at Bean Chata. Bean Chata, when horchata just won't do. When Bean horchata chata is too hor- boring. When horchata is too boring. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>